Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. You know, it just occurs to me, it's weird that we say that before we've popped the bottle. Well, let's do it really fast. It's just a, you know, a turn of phrase. Yes. Really. Yeah. Uh, so last week we had... Uh, John Sablon on. However, we had some technical difficulties. The audio did not come out uh, as well as what we hoped. We were going to have John... Or, or even well at all. Yeah, or even well at all. Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, we we're going to have him back on. Uh, however, he had some some issues where he was not going to be available this evening. Keep him in your prayers, he and his family. Uh, we're going to have him back on soon. But today, I just said, Dave... It's been kind of hectic recently. It'd just be good just to have a combo with you and sweet, chill. Sweet. So uh, I'm down. So we're gonna just kind of have a little bit of a drink. Show the people what we're drinking. Yeah. So uh, this evening we're drinking the Koval Four Grain. You scoot that uh, up a little bit. It's kind of weird. Oh, sorry. Yes. There we go. Uh, the Four Grain is distilled from a mash bill of oat, malted barley, rye, and wheat. There's the four. Okay. Uh, this whiskey is aged heavily uh, in charred new oak barrels from Minnesota and bottled a single barrel at 94 proof. Right on. The four grains uh, define its depth with a banana nose, a creamy palate, and a spicy finish. One of the things that... Definitely has banana on the nose. One of the things that's unique about uh, Koval is that they only take the heart cut. Which means, you know, so there's... Yeah, what is that? So, you know, there's the angel share at the, at the top. Well, no, the angel share is what evaporates right. from... Yeah. Right, right, right. But it comes from the top. You know, it evaporates from the top. Okay. There's the devil's cut at the bottom. Well, the devil's cut is just in the wood all around. Well, no, it's it's at the very bottom. No. It's what... It's, it's the devil's cut is the whiskey trapped in the barrel. But it's not just trapped in the bottom. It's trapped... All oh, any, any, anywhere because bottom. you know they turn they turn the barrels you mm-hmm. know it's not like they just sit there no it's it's all all the whole barrel okay is got whiskey in it that they can't get out right. well unless you're okay. my understanding was I'm sorry then but so the heart line is is just the middle portion it's not the top because the top would be uh is less concentrated the bottom is is more concentrated is my understanding interesting so the heart. The heart cut is just the middle part of the of the whiskey in the barrel. Huh. So that's okay. my understanding. As long as you don't waste the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they I, would I wouldn't that. imagine that they would. No. Hey, let, let's cheers and let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers, cheers to Juan. Jesus. Cheers. cheers to Jesus. So um it does have it does have a, a banana nose, like almost a banana cream. There's some vanilla, yeah. so it's like almost kind of a banana cream. A lot of times, tasting notes are kind of out there. I'm a hundred percent agreeance. Banana on the nose. It is a very creamy. Cream. It's got a creamy palate with a spicy finish. Yeah, at ninety four proof. That's that's like a, a good generalization of of what you get right here. But what do you have to buy it in such a little bottle? No, this was a gift. This is a gift set. Okay. So it had the rye whiskey, the regular bourbon, and then the four grain. So you got a little. You get to try a little bit of everything. You know. And they're from. They're from Illinois. Yeah, Chicago, and all their 
uh, all their sources, all their grains are sourced lo- at a at the Midwest region. Okay. Organic. Very cool. So yeah, that's a good. That is a really good whiskey. I was kind of curious to know what it was going to taste like if it was going to be real different having all four of the grains in there. Um, but it's if you had given this to me and not and not told me anything about it, I wouldn't have known that there was anything necessarily special about. All those grains, you know what I mean, right? I I think that there is uh, some complexity, a little bit more complex because we had the bourbon last week. I think this is a little bit more complex than the bourbon. Juan, do I you agree? Strongly. Uh, Juan strongly agrees. He wasn't even here last week. Yeah. 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 Were you here last week? Yeah, man. You know, I have children. <laughs> That's what you're gonna blame it on. You're gonna blame it on the children. Uh, if if this is your first time listening, <laughs> I think it would be. <laughs> A fair. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening, Dave, uh, today we're opening and reviewing and enjoying a man beverage. Indeed, we typically do that uh, every show. Uh, typically, we're gonna hi- we highlight a man gear and then we have a manly discussion. But today, I, we're just going to relax and have just a, a conversation in general. So we would encourage you to sit back and yeah. relax yourself. Hopefully, if it's appropriate for you, you're uh, enjoying a manly beverage along with us. How's your prayer life? You know, my prayer life is good. Is it? It is. Isn't it interesting? So, Deacon Lamar from the Diocese of Tulsa, he came to talk at uh, Haley's RCI. This was back in 2012. And he, he, he started off with saying, like, why do we not ask each other how our prayer life is? Yeah. Why is that kind of an abstract idea? You know, prayer is the... The oxygen to the soul. Yeah, it's a person. It's a very personal. It's a personal thing. Yeah, it. De- it would well, be. I think it would be a weird question to ask somebody that you didn't know the, very well. You know. Sure, but to get to know them better. Yeah. That's a quick way to get to learn. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Learn about them. Definitely. A little bit more. Definitely. I think it's actually a more personal question than it kind of comes off as. You well, know, because it doesn't doesn't seem like oh how inappropriate to ask you know that's a very personal question you shouldn't ask you know that personal question yeah it's not like it's not like you're gonna offend anybody by asking it's not the same thing as like how's your sex life right yeah exactly yeah it's not the same thing or you know how's your uh what's your medical uh i think i think we've ran i mean yeah these examples are the the last thing you discussed with your doctor right yeah (laughs) how much money do you make before taxes Yeah, before taxes anyway uh but it uh, to tell you but (laughs) It is a very personal question. Yes. Uh, because, you know, what could be more important than your relationship with God? But no, I think my prayer life is doing well. It goes ups and downs, like everybody. You have a very regimented prayer life. Yeah, I, w- I do have a regimented prayer life. And I don't regret the r- regimentity. Rigor. Re- the, the regiment? I don't. Regiment. I don't. Words are hard. The rigorousness. Well, it's not rigorous. Rigorous is different from regimented. Rigorous would be hard. Mm-hmm. Like, but anyway, I don't. I like that it's regimented. Mm-hmm. The thing I don't like about it often is that it's very structured. In that, I say this um, prayer at this time, and then I do this prayer at this time, and this. And at the end of the day, that's good because I've you know made sure that I'm consistently devoting time to prayer. But I don't always have a lot of time for kind of contemplation or meditation. or meditation or even just spontaneous prayer or like just listening to god right yeah so 
that would be my personal critique, but um, brought it up with my spiritual director, and you know, he says, "Don't change anything." Well, don't, that's a good. Don't do that. That's a good sign, right? At least for right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let him get to know you a little bit. Yeah, better. and so actually, when he tells me to do that, it's like great. Now it's not my problem. Right. You know, he told me. I'm just obedience, obedience. Yes. I'm getting the grace it's of obedience. The more obedient you become, the more free you become. It's like one of those paradoxes in the Christian life. Totally. You know, the more, okay, great. You just said, even you just said, great. I don't have to worry about it. It's not I'm my problem. Obedient. Yeah. Yeah. And how, and now you're, you feel more free. Mm-hmm. It's just, that, that's just so crazy how there's so many paradoxes Same like that. Same is true with dogs. You know, like a, do- a dog, <laughs> that's what I learned from Caesar Milan, a dog who is, who thinks he's the head of the house. He's yeah. always nervous and, you know, like f- freaking out about stuff. But when you, when you, you know, tame the dog and you're like, listen, dog, I'm in control here. Then all of a sudden they're happy. Yeah. We're kind of like that way too. With God. Very much so with God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How's your prayer life? Uh, it's going pretty well overall. I, so here's something that I, I really struggle with in adoration you know I, I think that every man should have an adoration hour if you don't have an adoration hour once a week it's time to get oh one. yeah you have to it's time to get one man I mean, you don't have to you, you should. definitely should you definitely should uh but here's what i struggle with um in, in adoration i try to just be silent a lot of times you know to listen to, you know to allow god to to speak to me to you know just kind of meditate on maybe a mystery of the rosary something but whenever I'm that still and that quiet, uh, I struggle with staying awake. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just the do. shocker. Yeah, I just, I just do. Yeah. And it's so embarrassing to be in adoration and, you know, you're sitting there breaking your neck, you know, with your head bobbing uh, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm serious, guys. I'm trying my best to, to just be in the presence of God. Yeah. So I don't know how to do it, obviously. Well, you know what St. Therese says about it. I think it was St. Therese. It was either St. Therese or... Avila? Or, or, yeah, or Avila. Anyway, whoever it was. Uh, she said that when a father is holding his child, he doesn't really care if the child is awake or asleep. See, I like that, but then I also think, like, uh, Jesus is over there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, could you not just stay awake for yeah. one hour yeah. to pray with me? I know. And I'm like, dang it. I want to. But, you know, the moral life is all about your intention. Yeah. What? What is? And I can drink like I can drink coffee right before adoration, and it, it still happens. Yeah. Caffeine doesn't affect me as much. So anyway, when we get back, uh, we're gonna jump jump straight into the topic. I'm here with David Niles in studio with the Juan Posada. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back, y'all, to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada in the Peanut Gallery slash Button Machine. Yes. So uh, uh, we so have we have do we have a topic today? We do. Uh, before we do, let's make sure we talk about the E6 Men's Conference. Okay. Going to just uh, what 30, 45 minutes outside of Cincinnati. 
um, to the E6 Men's Conference. There's still tickets available. Uh, just just Google E6 Men's Conference. Yeah, I was like trying uh, to remember their website, but I, I it's E6Men.com or org. just Google yeah, it. Just, just Google, Google it. it. Uh, Mark Hart is going to be there. Trent Horn's going to be there. Sweet. Um, I'm really pumped just to be in attendance, really, because those guys are yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that, it'll be a great conference. Yeah, we're going to be emceeing the event, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want us to come... Should I, should I say anything about what we're, we have in the works? It's not official yet. I don't know. It's not official yet. Save. Juan's telling me to say it, so if it's a bad idea, we can blame Juan. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. We we will possibly be speaking at the Cur- the International Courage Conference this year. Yeah. In the summertime, which I'm really pumped about. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about authentic friendship. I'm really excited about that. So to get to go to the conference, to be there at Mundelein, at the, the Liturgical, Liturgical Institute. Institute. Yeah, it's just a win all across. So hopefully that, that happens. It has not been finalized, but... Maybe hang out with the liturgy guys. That would be really cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, hopefully that happens. So God uh, willing. God, God willing. willing. God willing. Holy indifference, my friend. Holy, Holy indifference. indifference. <laughs> so, so we don't have necessarily a topic today per se, um, but I was just reflecting. We just got back from the Phoenix Men's Conference, which is a great conference. Bishop Olmstead is just awesome one of the best he's the man he's the man one of the best bishops around uh and you know we we met the sisters of life there we met uh, sister bethany madonna there yeah which was great Uh, father dwight longenecker was there Mm -hmm. but they on the way back you and i were kind of reminiscing or not you know we were kind of reviewing what we learned from the conference what stood out to us Mm -hmm. and both you and i said you said this actually about the Sisters of Life, and I said this about Bishop Olmsted, and we both felt the same way it was reciprocated. But it was like, those people are are so holy, and I, I just love them so much that I'm willing, like, I would be willing to do anything they say. Right, yeah. You know, I, I just want to be around them. Mm-hmm. I just want to, to to talk to them. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, that's because holiness is attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to, like, I just wanted to talk about how that happens. Yeah. You know, because there's certain people that you meet in your life that you just realize are holy. I think that's why that, you know, uh, you know, nuns that are in their habits and they're out in public, you know, there's, there's people that come running up to them and say, Hey, will you please pray for me for, Mm -hmm. you know, this intention? Yeah. Or, you know, there's a priest that's walking through the airport and he can't get, get to his gate because he, he has people coming to him, asking him to pray for him. Yeah. There's just, Something about people who are holy that when you encounter them, well, you you know you can just tell by being around them that you know you're a holy person. Mm -hmm. You have typically uh, what I think the the major characteristic is is a joy. They have a deep interior joy that you can tell. It's not like they just have learned to walk around with a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. You can just tell by the way that they react to comments, the way that they react to you, that they have this deep, they've got something that um, that very few people have uh, to this depth. Yeah, so do you think it's because of their prayer life? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was going to say that, that these people, in my, because I've really only met a handful of people like this in my whole life, uh, the kind of person that when you're with them, you just want to 
you know, well, you want to follow him around. You know, like I mean, there's a you want it to keep that, going that, on and on and on. Yeah, Monsignor Gallus, yeah. who we've had on the show, let's mm-hmm. talk about G.K. Chesterton. He's kind of one of those guys for me. Yeah. Uh, oh he, no, I agree. I mean, any time that I get a chance to hang out with him, I want to pick his brain. I want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I want to hey. How do I should do this in my per- you know I just want to ask him questions like what do you do yeah because whatever you're doing is working yeah you know so uh, sister Bethany Madonna she's a sister of life um, she seems fairly young I'm not sure how long she's been she's been she could be could be ten she's years the vocation direct could be vocation, ten years in I mean I, she's I, in charge of vocations for the sisters of yeah, life. yeah I mean I really don't know but right um, she's on Twitter she on, no she's not on Twitter no. okay um, but it was just such a blessing to get to talk to her. And hear her, and and not only hear what she said, but watch her say it about when she talked about just how real and how unexpectedly real um, when she joined the sisters, uh, spiritual motherhood is in her life, and how deeply profound she said that it has affected her, mm-hmm. um, and just just the way she said it, and to like see her eyes and stuff. When she was expl- you know, talking to us about this, it was just uh, such a. It, it was it was amazing to yeah. watch her just be so in love with her vocation. See, okay, so that was about what what I was going to say is it has to be because of the love that she has for her vocation. Yeah, which is something that we should all have. Mm-hmm. You know, as as men, you're we're fathers in some way. Every man is a father in some way. Um. You know, and that should be a love that you have. But how do how do we do that? How do we replicate that? Because you know, think about it. If we had, you know, a hundred Sister Bethany's or a hundred Bishop Olmsteads or whoever you're the holy person that's in your life, you know, if we had a hundred of those people, think about how the world would change. Yeah. So, uh, so bi- how do we replicate that? So Bishop Slattery, uh, emeritus here of the Diocese mm-hmm. of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma recently told me that the first step in this journey is allowing God to love you. And he said, that sounds easy, but it's very, it's very hard. It's actually very hard to do uh, because first you have to know who you are. You have to know yourself well, you know, and how hard is that? Uh, you know, even if, even if you're as honest as you think you can be, Right. You just don't see yourself. Well, Saint Paul even says that in the in the Bible. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, he, he talks about like, you know, I don't. I have nothing on my my conscience, but I can't judge myself. But I still don't judge myself. Right? right. And that's coming from someone who is as close to perfection as he was. Right. You know, uh, living in pretty close. I mean, to, he's pretty, really close to where you are. Yeah. Currently. I. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I right. mean, like, so this for is, him to say that, it's a high big, level. It's stuff. a big deal. Right. High level. Um, so if he can't, if he can't even judge himself, what, what does that say about the rest of us? Uh, so anyway, allowing God to love you is, is the first step is, well, that's what we need to do. I don't, I'm not really right. sure what exactly what the first step is. Right. I think the first, I don't know if you can say the first step because that depends on who you are. Right. You know, it depends on how, where are you in re, in relation to the path depends on the first step, you know, because you should be taking a you, you, I think you see what I'm saying. Yes, I do. Um, but so Sister Bethany and really all of the Sisters of Life, uh, I actually went up and told them that I had fallen in love with them and that I would do anything that they asked me to just because I, just cause I did. That's a, right. And they knew it. They knew what I meant when I said that, you know, that it was just... Right. It's not like... Uh, yeah. It was an ad, a love of ad, admiration. 
mm-hmm. you know, I just admired them so much. It's so interesting, though, because when that happens, you, you know, you even said, like, I'll do whatever you want, yeah. want me to do. That's how I felt with even Bishop Olmstead. You oh, know, yeah, like, I know. Just tell me. I did the same thing. tell then, me what yeah. you want me to do. And it's interesting because when that happens, you you want to do whatever they want you to do. But ultimately, all they want you to do is what is God's will. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. I want to do your will. But really, all your will is, is God's will. Which is kind of, uh, to, that's basically what we're doing when we consecrate ourselves to Mary. Right. You yeah, know, that's a good point. You know, whatever you, we consecrate ourselves to her because her will is perfectly united with Christ's. Right. With her son. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so that's so interesting because if you think about it, if you wanted that desire, it's like it, it could be perverted so quickly, right? You know, like, oh, people ask me, I, I have all this power. Yeah. You know, it's like, but it's those people who say, I don't you know, I, I don't want, I don't want that power. Mm-hmm. I just want you to do God's will. That's, that's whenever people realize the holy, the level of holiness, I think. Don't you? I mean, cause it seems like that it, it's like, I just want to do your will. That could be a, a da- dangerous t- territory mm-hmm. for, for the person who's hearing this. Totally. And unless they're so united with God's will and they have such a strong prayer life where all their, all their, ba- it's like just like Mary. It's like uh, you're just bouncing off of me to God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think it's because we're seeing a reflection of, of God in in them, you know. Yeah, um, that, yeah, and that's really why we're so attracted to these people, is because they themselves have aligned their own will, their own lives, with that of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I was going to take a stab in the dark, I would guess that all of all the people in the world like this, like we're talking about, have a deep, profound prayer life and have a close, intimate relationship with suffering of some kind or another, whether it's emotional, right. physical, spiritual. Um, so, are, But are we so spiritually deprived that when we see somebody like this, when we see somebody who is so holy, we're like, oh my goodness. How do we do this? We don't even know how to recreate this. Are we, uh, you know, as even like the Catholic laity, like are we so spiritually deprived where we're not even, our, our prayer life isn't strong enough or maybe our sacramental life isn't strong enough to, to the point where when we see this, it's still attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, there are still people who who cleaved to, you know, Bishop Sheen whenever he, whenever he was alive. You know, it's like even non-Catholics, they're like, oh my goodness, this is... I don't think so. I mean, I think it's always been this way. You know, you think about the the saints. Just you hear the stories of the saints. It was always people were so attracted to them that the crowds just would, would gather. Drove. You know, Saint yeah. Benedict would kept, had to like leave, and people were miles and miles outside of town would just right. It got so Saint, much he had Saint, to leave again. Saint John Vianney would have to like be in uh, confession for seventeen hours. Exactly, in a row. exactly. So I think it's anyway. We'll keep talking about it on the other side of the break. All right, we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of a Koval four grain whiskey distilled in Chicago. We did not have a man gear today. Dave and I are just kind of relaxing in studio. 
Uh, before next week, we're having a Dr. Ray Gurindi on, which, yeah. I, which will be awesome. Uh, Dr. Ray will be our guest in stu- in studio next week, which will be a lot of fun. Probably and, probably drinking coffee next week because we're yes, we're going to be recording at in nine a, in the morning. Yes, on, on a Saturday. Sat- on a Saturday. So, uh, but he's going to be here. Um, and then after that, we'll be at the E6 Men's Conference, which will be awesome as well. Uh, so we're talking. We're, we're just kind of having a conversation. We've been talking about looking at holy people in general yeah. and how to imitate those people mm-hmm. who are here on earth right now. We haven't mm-hmm. really talked, we haven't broached the topic of the saint, the the saints in heaven who we, oh, we kind of did in between breaks. Check us out on YouTube. You can catch uh, our conversations in between breaks. Yeah. Um, so let me, we're just kind of talking about the spiritual life a little bit. Yes. Uh, I've now had two spiritual direction sessions with my new spiritual director. Okay. okay? Yes. And, this last time I was, you know, we're still kind of get, getting to know each other a little bit. Right. Um, so telling him, you know, this is kind of the things that I struggle with, blah, 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 blah. And every time I would tell him... What are those, Dave? Well, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went over it for an hour and we did not, we did not exhaust the list. Right. Um, okay. So like distraction and prayer. Uh, we, I already mentioned like the way my prayer life is kind of regimented. But but anyway, every time I would bring this up, he would say, oh, there's a grace. The fact that you're aware that this is a, that, you know, this is what you struggle with is a profound grace that you're receiving. Hmm. And so like every time I would try to like talk about this, he would always put it back on this, in the positive light of like, well, think about this. Uh, You know, this is a good thing that you're even aware of this and blah, 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 blah. So it's almost like just constantly centered on Christ, just that the whole perspective mm-hmm. of the things that you struggle with. So I just found that, you know, made me like really think about, well, yeah, just that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I definitely think that that is a grace. That's something that uh, when you know yourself even more, that's obviously a grace. Right. Uh, one thing that I think that is very interesting that I here, here's something that I kind of struggle with at times. You know, as as a guy, you know, as a man, I I enjoy like. A game plan. You know, I had I yeah. had these game plans. Like yeah. I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna check this box, and I'm gonna go on to this one. A leads to B, to B, to C, to C, to D. You know, and and I have this this regimented game plan. Yeah. Uh, I I noticed that people who are, are who are very holy, they don't have, they don't look they, at people. They go with the flow. Yeah, they don't look at people as like this is my project. Mm-hmm. This is a guy. This is somebody that I'm work. This is something that I'm working on. Yeah. Because when that happens, it's not authentic. Because it's like the whole saying of people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. You know, if you're if you if you're going at it like as a, an attack, um, or 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 making sure that you're in in the defense mode all the time, it goes back to this authentic like I don't know who you really are. You're not being true to me. So you, you're trying to say that when you take people as a project. Very often you lose the, I'm just going to love you Well, I mean, element. That, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think that that's why John Paul II was so, like, when people interact with them, yeah. you know, they said that when I engaged in a conversation with John Paul II, uh, he made it seem like that I was the only person in the world, mm-hmm. like, that I was the only person in the room, and he was 100% engaged in our conversation. Yeah. Uh, it did not matter what was happening around him. Is like I'm focused on you, and I think that's also why John Paul II could remember everybody. 
Because he saw like a, he said he saw a little piece of God in every single right. person. I know. It's like oh makes my, me sick. It's like oh my goodness. I, how could I forget him? Like he, I, I like saw Christ. I saw Christ in him, and I how could I ever forget Jesus? Of right. course, I remember that guy. It's like give me a break, John Paul II. <laughs> that guy just cut me off in traffic. How do you see Christ in him? You're gonna make me throw up. Yeah, I mean, but but I think that that's I think that's uh, that's the issue, right? It's whenever. When I make the most progress with people in conversations, it's not, I, I want to make sure that I have, if he says this, I say this. If he says this, I say this. It's yeah. like the apologetics chess moves. Like, yeah. if he goes here, I'm going here. I'm yeah. taking the- Oh, man, and I hope he goes here, because yeah. I'll slam him with this. Right, and I get very little with, with going that route. It's Yeah, when, you it's know, not a good route. When, we, when we're talking to uh, even Father Philip Bachansky, and we're talking about you know people who experience same-sex attraction, you know, it's not, you can't just be like, uh, they need to know that they, that, that you love them. Yeah. They need, they need authentic friendship. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the point of authentic friendship, then you can really make progress with them. Mm-hmm. Don't you, do you agree with that? Oh yeah. No, I, no, I definitely agree. Uh, that if you are approaching people as projects and not people to be loved, mm-hmm. sinner, sinners who need your love, then it's not going to work very well. It's going to be weird. It's not going to be a real relationship, you know? Um, now, that being said, I think you can still take people on as a project as long as you maintain that element of love, you know? So, like... Right. I mean, even the the Bible says, go and make disciples of men. So right. You yes. need to make go make disciples. It, it, it just you know, depends. You know, I just want people to misunderstand what we're saying. You know, right. If you are taking some... Okay. Focus. Uh, focus missionaries will choose to, they will take on disciples. You know, they will be like, oh, I'm discipling this person. Mm-hmm. And so that, what that means is I'm going to choose to invest a lot of energy in you. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that with everybody, you know? So, right. you know, they're taking on people, you could say, as a project uh, by investing in them. But Yeah, becoming friends with them. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like I'm going to know who that person is. Yeah, I'm going to put my time into you uh, and forsake other people, other, other, other goods, people, yeah, or other goods, right? In general. Um, well, I could be spending time with other people, more people, but I'm going to spend more time with you, just because that's you know part of what they do, uh, making, building discipleship. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I struggle, I think you can take this even to uh, fatherhood. Uh, something that I I can honestly say that I struggle with at times is, I want to make sure that my kids know the faith. You know, I'm, I'm trying my best to pass down the faith and tradition as well as I can. Mm-hmm. And I could I could take them on as a quote-unquote project where it's like I want to make sure that they memorize the books of the Bible. I want to make sure that they know what virtue is. I want to know you know I want them to be able to say three theological virtues are faith, hope and love. You know, and I have all these these prod, you know, these things yeah. that I'm trying to 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 teach them. But if they don't know that I as a dad love them and that I can go and play catch with them and just be a dad and just uh, you know, have these intimate relationships or just with them. Hang out where we don't have to study. Yeah, you know, or, or just because I want to be with you. Yeah, because I, I just want to be with you as you know, as a father. Right. Uh, all the other stuff doesn't meet. You know, will not translate over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I what I think is something that I do sometimes is I want my kids to learn those for my sake because oh, yeah. I want to be a dad whose kids know. The books of the Bible, right? You know, it's yeah, almost I mean, like I do that. It's, I mean, it's you like, know, almost like driving a nice fancy car. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, oh yeah, well, my kids can do all this stuff, and you, you know what I mean. And I think that you, you should uh, you should have that mentality as far as like I want to make sure I pass down as much knowledge as I can to my kids, but yeah. it needs to be oriented in the right way. Mm-hmm. But with, when it comes to projects, I definitely 
take a, I do that with my prayer life. Like the rosary for me, it tends to be a project. Ooh, that's a good point. You yeah, know, prayer I, life can be a project. Like, uh, yeah. I instead of sitting there and you know putting my energy into meditation. I think, no, I got to get through the rosary because I need to finish a rosary today. Right. You know, like that's a box I need to check off. Mm-hmm. But what if instead I just allowed myself to be engrossed in the mystery, which is not easy to do. You know, I, I'm not saying that I could just do that. But um, if I didn't have that mentality, maybe that would tend to happen more often um, and spent 30 minutes and I only made it through three Hail Marys. And then I stopped and said, you know, that's, that's all the time I have today for the rosary. That would be way better. Then well, I think Jose mindlessly, Escrivá says that. Yeah, I think he has he? one of those yeah. little like one-liners where he says, "Would not surprise me." Yeah, that it's it, it's more efficacious to pray one Our Father than try to speed through a, a whole rosary. Yeah, that guy's always stealing my material. I know, isn't that I, rude? It's so frustrating rude. when the saints steal this your. This is material. what I get for not copywriting everything I say. <laughs> you can't verbal copyright things. Copyright. There you go. Does that is that really a thing? Oh, I don't know. Because I. I mean, I thought that's just a joke. It may be. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, okay, here's something else I want to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about... Uh, oh, we only have two minutes left? Okay, that's fine. We, we, we can start this, this, this conversation. I want to talk about men's groups. Okay. Because uh, I think that this kind of ties into what men's groups are because we started off by saying like, hey, how's your prayer life? You know, we have these intimate groups right and you're in it's like you're attracted to people who are holy you want these people to be around you you want people to be in these groups together you know i want to i want you to come hang out with me mm-hmm. why because you want to the whole iron sharpens iron you know when you come together you actually sharpen each other right um and i think maybe i haven't i haven't fleshed this whole idea out but i think that the reason why some of these bigger groups are struggling in today's world in today's you know Catholic world, is because and, and the reason why some of these grassroots groups are thriving, is because they've gotten so big that the, the intimacy and the vulnerability of the group has been lost. Yeah, and the the grassroots uh, groups are thriving because it's more of hey, I just want to hang out with these eight guys, these twelve guys, however many, mm-hmm. because I know that you guys are going to push me to get to heaven. Yeah. Um, and whenever you have 300 men or 1,200 men together, that's great. I mean, the conferences are, are very important. Those, those kind of things are very important. But it's the, the the grouping together afterwards that is going to sustain you to moving forward. If you, if you rely on all these big, you know, uh, guys getting together, these huge groups... You're going to have these emotional highs, and then you're going to fall. Right. Curcios, whatever you want to talk about. It's the reason why that, that it's important to have those men's groups, because it sustains you and keeps you going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll keep going. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about prayer mostly, I would say. Holiness. Holiness. Everybody needs to stop sinning. Yeah, that's true. 
I'll stop. After, uh, you stop. I'll stop as soon as you do. No, you should just do that for this for the love of the Lord, not for not for me. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, but I need you to do it too. I plan on. You're it. poisoning me over here. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, that <laughs> uh, we're all the same body. Right. There is one body of Christ. Right. So you're poisoning me. Okay. I we're feel, swimming I in the you. same pool, bro. Yes, I agree. I agree. And so that's what we were talking about uh, at the last segment, like the importance of having these men's groups yeah. because the the men's conferences, the Crescios, the Axe Retreats, all these things are great uh, and they help you launch uh, into a more holier life, but you got to have the men around you to sustain that once world of life kicks back in. Yeah, yeah. If you go, you cannot go from mountaintop to mountaintop because that is not a mountain. There, there is by necessity a valley. It's like a plateau. Right, exactly. It's what we call a plateau. <laughs> and there's no plateaus in the spiritual life no. except in heaven. And it's a sweet plateau. <laughs> uh, but even then, who knows? It could be a constantly ascending, you know, yeah, uh, I, sort of thing. I don't know. I'll find out when I get there. God willing. Yeah. God, please. Please, God. Yes. Have mercy on me. Um, so yeah, you cannot go. I like the Curcio model. I've never, I haven't been to Axe yet, but. To, oh yeah, I forgot you haven't been to Axe. Dude, I've been trying to go. Uh, it's like no one's been inviting you. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> I, I've even put it on my calendar a few times. In fact, uh, the reason I'm not going this time, this time around is because we'll be, in, we'll be at the E6 men's conference. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, but the, so I, I just know the Curcio model. Really, I think the most beneficial thing from Curcio is they give you that format Mm -hmm. for you to start your small men's group. Mm -hmm. And And I think the small men's group is so much more important than the large men's group. That's what we talked about at the uh, Phoenix conference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the people who came to our talk thought we were going to be talking about how to start a men's club. Right. Or like a big men's group. Like, uh, like, uh, 50 men for the, for the parish. Yeah. 50 men come in for breakfast in the morning. We're going to talk, you know, honestly, yeah. and break into small yeah, groups. Yeah, I mean, and that, that kind of stuff is really good, but uh, if that's what you have and you don't have a small group of men, then I think um, you sk- you're skipping a step. Yeah, it's like the whole, I have 5,000 Facebook friends, but I don't have one person to call if I'm in trouble. Yeah. I've got like 12,000 Facebook friends. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm so, <laughs> so, so popular. Here's a, question, here's a question that I have. Uh, that it was actually asked on me by a focus missionary here in Tulsa. Okay. Uh, they said, uh, how are you evangelizing within your parish? Hmm. And I, you know, I was like, that is a good question. You know, for a 22 year old, that is a profound question because, uh, I think a lot of times we, we get so focused on evangelizing, you know, within work outside of, of, with outside the walls, so yeah. to speak, that you know, if really, if we just evangelized in the walls, it's the whole pyramid, you know, scheme, not yeah. scheme, but the whole pyramid idea of like, if I if I hit three people and they three people, and you know, all of a sudden you have a lot, you have a, a yeah, a lot of disciples, and make make the church inside the walls, make a place that is cool that people on the outside say, hey, what's going on in there. Right, you know, it's not like the Jehovah's Witness kind of thing where it's like there's no because there's no windows. Yeah, yeah. It's like what's going on? What are you guys doing in there? 
Man, talk about uh, Virtus violation. <laughs> yeah, for, for the, yeah. I, I don't know how many dioceses have Virtus, I but think, I think all. I, no, I, not all of them. Oh, they don't. Yeah, some many of them they do. Sh- they should. There's different programs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but so anyway, so I mean, this is I okay. Asked so about I think this. there's a lot of th- uh, yeah. We haven't talked about any of these things, but right. I mean, here here's what hit me before this, but here's what hit me. Okay, tell me. Pew party. Yeah. Two, two words. Pew party. Pew party. Dave, tell them what a party pew, over here. Tell them what a pew party is. Okay. My father-in-law came up with this idea. Shout out to Dan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you do is you, he and he did this. He talked about doing it for years. And then finally, somebody said, you know, Dan, are you just going to keep talking about it? Or are you actually going to do it? And so he went out and let's, did it. Let's walk the walk. He, he got like formal invitations. Okay. Okay. Passed them out at mass. What you do is you invite everybody in your pew. Because we're creatures of habit. You everybody sits. You basically sit. In you the know same what I'm pew. talking about. Yeah. It's those. It's those people. Right. Those people. Um. You have a pew. If you don't have a pew, you're, uh, like the one percent or something. You know. You're. <laughs> I don't know. You're a trendsetter or something. Yeah. If you move around all the time, but most people don't. You. So you invite everybody in your pew, and two pews. Ahead of you and two pews behind you, just over to your house for a party. Just get for, to for a brunch or lunch. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever. Um, maybe yeah, lunch after mass or I mean, it depends on what mass you go to. But you see, so just do it, and then you invite them to do it. Okay, so the people in the pew ahead, in front of you, they do it. So they invite two in front and two behind. So you go to their party. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, then they, you know, also the people two in front of you, they do it. And so you go to their party, mm-hmm. and you just need one person in each pew to do it. And so you end up going to five parties, but each time you go, there's a new set of people. So there. it kind of like slowly brings in new blood, mm-hmm. uh, where you can kind of get to know the other people a little bit better, because I'll bet you don't know the people. That's what I was just about to say. Two pews back. Right. Okay. The pew behind you, the pew in front of you. Like, yeah, you know those guys' names. I mean, I've been guilty of. There's there was a family that sat, you know, behind us, but t- to the right of us, you know, and they sat there for months. Yeah. Same spot, and I was like, oh yeah, that family. The distance. I couldn't tell you all of their. Yeah, is it the tell. distance where you can't quite reach for the sign of peace? Right. So you just give the like the, the wave the, or the yeah. The, you shoot the, the peace yeah, sign. Peace. Peace be with you. Right. Yeah. Don't hold my hand in the air, Father. No, right. I'm just. Uh, anyway, you know, you you ask, you ask, you know, it's like I know that family. I don't know their names. Yeah. And like that's embarrassing. Like, how are we supposed to make disciples if we don't even know the people around us who are, who are worshiping with us every Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. So the pew party, I think, is a great idea. Also, I just think uh, the way that you attend mass says a lot. You know, do you are you dressed well? Is it? Can other people tell that this is clearly a priority for you and your family? Uh, because I think that even if you don't know the people, even if it's person on the other side of the church, you know, maybe the church that they always see you across the way. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they can tell, you know, you put effort into getting to mass. You know, you didn't. You don't show up in sandals and flip flops. No, shorts and flip flops. Sandals, sandals and, and flip flops. That would be actually impressive. <laughs> If somebody did that. It'd be a little weird. Shorts and flip-flops, you know, uh, that I think that says a lot. A, it helps build the culture of uh, the, your community, the mm-hmm. community that comes well, to your mass. It's kind of like the whole, 
the first woman who veils at mass, then all of a sudden, you know, courage breeds courage. Right. So it's, oh, she's doing it. Yeah, that I've totally been... happened. I mean, uh, Pamela and Haley, they both they both started veiling. Mm-hmm. And it, it was because, oh, oh Alyssa, this... Alyssa, Alyssa's doing it. All right. Well, then I'm doing it too. Right. Kind of they wanted to. But... Right. Well, the courage breeds courage. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's important for men to get together. You know, I think that's why it's important for the bishops to get together. Yeah, but I think that we should be putting our efforts into our parish. Right, so that's what, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, I think if you have time to spend... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. If you have time to spend, you know, working on stuff for, you know, church, we'll just say church-related stuff, um, you know, we need to follow the principle of subsidiarity. Mm-hmm. You know, you take care of yourself, you take care of your family, you take care of, um, you know, if anybody in your parish is your neighbor, uh, then you take care of your parish, then you take care of the diocese. So, you know in those concentric circles going out. Is that concentric? No. What's, I think it is, you know, circles that I mean, get bigger and bigger well, and bigger. Well, it has to all be eat, like, like concentric a, circles a are all the same? Yeah, it has, no, it has to be at least level with the, all the others. Equidistant. Anyway, ripple effect. There you go. People know, the people know. Uh, people are smarter than us anyway that listen to this show. Way smarter. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that it's yeah. like men have to like, you know, we're we're involved in uh, fantasy football leagues. We're involved in all these like extracurricular activities. Yeah. We're, we're, we go to we go to business meetings. We go to, I don't know, whatever, all the other things that you want, the yacht clubs, whatever, you, you know, whatever you want to go to. I go to a lot of yacht clubs. I, would, I was going to say, I wouldn't, I, be, I wouldn't be turning down any I yacht go, clubs. Yeah, I, I go to, you know. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> but I think that it's important, like, okay, if that's the case, like, you have other things that are important to you in your life. You need to also make sure that your parish is, is involved. You know, you need to be. Uh, a part of the men's group you need you need to be showing up to the men's group the women's mm-hmm. you know the women's group the uh knights of columbus the uh you know the finance council the, i mean you should be doing the parish before the knights of columbus yeah yeah i was just trying to think of other i mean i guess uh, well knights depends. of columbus are sometimes very parish based the, our council is multiple parishes put right. together which is different I think. but i think it's important to to make sure that you're very visible within the church i guess it, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, making active. sure that you've prioritized your time so that you are putting it into your parish before you're putting it into other things. Right. You know uh, what I mean? Secular things. Uh, a lot of things. Or, lot or, of or even other church things. Sure. You know, uh, like if you're if you're Mark Hart, he's you know he's getting pulled out. You know, we mentioned him already. Hopefully, he's putting time into his parish too, and I'll bet he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he's like he's super holy. Be tough. It'd be tough though traveling every weekend to still. Yeah, that'd be so tough. Yeah. Which got into like a whole. I want. I actually wanted to talk about the whole idea of ministry, but we, we ran out of time. But I had a good con- I, like. I enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah. I don't know if everybody Likewise. else did. Juan, did you? Did you enjoy it? He gave thumbs us up. a thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'll take that. Uh, I'm excited to see all the men at the E6 Men's Conference. There's still tickets available. Go check that out. Patreon.com/slash The Catholic Man Show. We're now on Patreon. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your. And cheers to Jesus.